Hi there, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. My name is Sherry, my pup's name is Sunny, and we're training to be an animal-assisted counseling team. You're listening to the Therapy Dog Talk podcast, the show that interviews past, present, and future therapy dog teams about how they're making an impact in their communities. Today we're talking with Jess, a mental health professional in Pennsylvania, about her experience training her reactive dog, Dio, for animal-assisted therapy. We'll discuss how tunnel vision can impact seeing what our dogs need and enjoy, why we need to be able to cope with our own emotions, and how being a reactive dog owner and a therapist led to group coaching for the human side of dog training. Before we hop in, if you're just getting started on your therapy dog journey and feeling a bit lost, I've put together a free guide for you, which you can find on my website at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. Without further ado, meet Jess and Dio. Hey! Hey, you're here. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. I'm so excited to finally have this conversation with you. I know. Me too. Well, Jess, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and Dio? I'm Jess Adam. I'm a licensed psychotherapist in Pennsylvania, and I'm also a coach for dog owners and trainers, specifically for those who own or train reactive dogs like me. So I have a reactive dog named Dio, and he actually... I, guess, I don't know, I guess I could say he is a therapy dog, even though I don't use him as a therapy dog, but he has past evaluations for that. But I offer individual coaching, group coaching, and I'm actually going to be launching an online course really soon for dog owners to help them cope with kind of the human side of the emotions that we go through handling our dogs. <laughs> so... Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yes, cool. I've been through a dog trainer program as well as I'm in grad school to be a therapist. And so I definitely yeah. understand like the intersection of dog psychology and human psychology and really the yeah. there. So we have so much in common in that way, which is really fun. <laughs> I know. I actually, I think I found you through Moon and Mutts originally. I think she oh, shared okay. a post of yours and I was like, this is my person. Like, I have, we need to talk. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. yeah. So Jess, how did you originally find out about therapy dogs? Gosh, that's a really great question. I don't even know how I originally found out about therapy dogs. I, I've i always been interested in um, just animal-assisted therapy in general. So it probably started because I used to do equine therapy as well. And that was something that I really loved and was really interested in. And I had a wonderful partner in that. And when I got Dio, I just thought that would be a really natural progression, basically, to kind of like incorporate a dog um, more regularly, an animal more regularly into my therapy sessions. I do a lot of trauma therapy. And so having an animal to support, you know, clients through that, I think is really, can be really helpful. So yeah, I don't know originally where it came from. I think I've always been interested in that. And as soon as I decided to get a dog, that was like my biggest focus, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So were you interested in having a therapy dog before you got Dio or was that an idea that came up afterwards? I was, I was interested before, but did not do due diligence in like research and what I should have looked into and like things I should have known ahead of time. I was like really early on in my grad school career. I kind of just didn't know a lot about dogs or therapy dogs for sure at that point. So I'm the first to admit I had no idea what I was doing. I think that that's really, really normal, actually. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's so good many to know. people, yeah, like you probably find out about it from the therapist side of things. I know equine therapy is almost easier to find in the therapist world than mm -hmm. dog therapy. But a lot of people end up stumbling upon other therapy dogs on Instagram. They're like, I want to do that, but I have no idea where to start or who, what I right. should ask. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and gosh, that was like eight years ago now, too. So I don't <laughs> 
don't even remember. But I do remember going to this like rescue adoption event for him and not specifically for him, just like going to this adoption event and having them be like, oh, he's a puppy. Like he'll, you can take him in any direction. He'll absolutely be able to be a therapy dog. Like they had really had no business saying that, like looking back, but you know, I was like, oh, great. This will be fine. He's young enough to be able to like mold in this direction. And then like, little did we know, but... (laughs) Here we are. But you did pursue that. What did you see in him that made you think he would be a good fit for a therapy dog or interested in the work? So honestly, and I mean, I don't know how, like what reactions I would get for this, but I didn't know to look to him. So I didn't consider him, which is a problem and is not something that like, obviously now I learned pretty quickly that that was not helpful. But, you know, it was really more about me just thinking any dog could do that. Like, I really didn't know enough about dogs, I think, in general, to be able to listen to him or know what he would be interested in. So it really, unfortunately, like, I'm sorry, Dio, thank you, I love you. But like, I didn't consider him initially, which is a huge mistake and a huge stumbling block. So there wasn't something I saw in him. It was something I had this tunnel vision about. And yeah, I mean, I can go into our whole journey then from there, but you know, he had reactivity and he, he has, he is reactive even currently, but because I had that tunnel vision, we worked super hard to pass that evaluation. And I don't regret it in that sense, because I think that he needed that level of dedication, that level of support and training to get him to be able to pass that evaluation. But now he's a much more well-adjusted dog, despite his reactivity as we did that yeah yeah I think it's a little bit more common than you may think to not consider like is the dog enjoying this work will the dog enjoy this work? I think that that's pretty normal yeah. a lot of people don't even they don't even know no, like, think about it dogs like everyone like that's just yeah about all dogs. exactly it wasn't until later I ended up after I realized he didn't enjoy it because it wasn't until I started taking him to work we had passed the test we did pet partners and we had passed that evaluation and he got his cgc also and so it wasn't until i started actually taking him that i realized he wasn't a good fit for it so yeah it was later on like down the line that i was like oh wow this is not this is too stressful for him yeah what helped you realize that so he would he's just like such an angel but <laughs> so he does he really wants to please and he's such a sweet guy and he does very well with adults and teenage clients that I would have that was never a problem and I feel like if I had had a practice that only served you know older clients he probably would have been fine but I also work with a lot of young kids and the office I worked in had a lot of young bouncy kids and so he would do great in session with these older clients so I thought he was okay for a little bit and then when I would start to take him home he's a black dog and he would be like covered in dandruff it was almost like that like I don't even know how to describe it but I mean literally he was like white and I'm like what on earth I thought he had like a skin condition like I didn't know what was going on and I took him to the vet I thought something was wrong and then I started to realize it only happened like Mm -hmm. in the car on the way home from work and I was like oh that's interesting and then the vet was like that could be a stress signal and I was like oh my gosh and that was kind of the end of it honestly I didn't take him anymore after I realized that but he would lay on teenagers feet you know he would we would take him on walks it was wonderful but the young bouncy kids stressed him out and he knew that they were there and Mm -hmm. so I think he just started to anticipate like a stressful day Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you figured out that it was just too stressful for him and not something Mm -hmm. that he would enjoy. And and then we're willing to make that difficult choice at that point, because I'm sure like you 
poured everything you had into him working with you. <laughs> I did. And you know what? It's funny because it just worked out because by the time we got to that point that I actually started taking like animal assisted therapy certification courses and different things like that, like continuing ed. And they started talking about the dog being suited for the work or the animal being suited for the work at the same time I was noticing this. And so I actually was much more able to kind of be like, oh gosh, let me like, let it go. It's okay. Initially, I still had had that tunnel vision earlier on. So I think once I got there, I was okay with it. And then is that when things kind of sparked your idea for handlers and humans or humans and handlers? Sorry, I might have flipped. Yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Well, yeah, actually. So our reactivity journey like really goes hand in hand with our therapy dog journey because, you know, he started exhibiting reactivity like immediately. And I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. And so to work through that and kind of meet that goal of passing those evaluations, you know, they were, it was like a combined process, but I will tell you, and I talk about this and like, I have a free webinar people can watch, but I was talking about how like I was a mess a lot of the time surrounding his reactivity because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why it was happening. I wasn't well equipped to work through it at the time. And I had wonderful supports and wonderful trainers along the way, which thank God for them. But I emotionally really struggled during that time. Like I always call it like when we were in the thick of it with training, like when we were in two to three classes a week or like individual sessions for a while, I was so stressed. I was so anxious. I was so overwhelmed. And it really turned into me needing to use my skills that I talk to clients about in therapy for me to be able to like bring myself down, adjust my thought process about things and work through emotionally what I was going through so I could keep showing up for like the roller coaster that is reactive dog training. You know, so that's kind of where it started. And then our trainers became such like good friends of ours and and everything. And they started saying things like, I really wish we could like refer some of our clients to you to talk about some of the stress they go through with their dogs. And so it was kind of like, I was doing it for myself and they started mentioning it. And I was like, maybe you can actually send them my way. So that's kind of where it was born. Yeah. That's really great. Is there anything that you kind of learned along the way in your therapy dog journey that leads you to advice you may have for people who are interested in becoming a therapy dog team? Yeah, I would say to try your best to avoid some of the mistakes that I made, which is like not being aware of, you know, just really basics. Unfortunately for me, like I didn't understand like dog temperament. I didn't understand whether or not they're suited for it. Those things that you can tell. And so getting maybe some support from a trainer or a knowledgeable therapy dog team ahead of time would be amazing before you even like embark on the journey, you know, to kind of have that education. But I think that moving forward, once I just was like in the middle of the whole process anyway, I think that the biggest thing that I learned is that at the end of the day, you know, he's my therapy dog, like just for me. Right. And so he doesn't have to be anything but who he is right in this moment. And we still have an amazing connection and we still have a wonderful life together. And it's okay that he isn't suited for that. You know, and it's more important for it to be about him than about me. So I definitely had to come to that conclusion. Yeah, definitely. I recently released um, a free guide for how to get started as a therapy dog. And one of the things that I included in there is, you know, be prepared for the fact that at the end of the day, your dog might not be a good fit for this. So let's think, what else do you enjoy doing with your dog? Like what other activities can you do together? Where has your relationship with Dio really flourished since that work changed for him? 
I think that we letting go of some of the expectations that I had for us, once I realized like this isn't the best fit for him and he's just going to be my dog led me to being able to enjoy building my bond with him and focusing on just that more than anything, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I really, like, I keep saying, like, I had this like goal, this, I was like, we are going to pass this thing. Like, <laughs> I don't care what happens. We're passing it. And we did. And then once we were on the other side of that, it was like, okay, actually we met this goal, but it's not right for us. Yeah. So I feel like my relationship with him is stronger because we have this foundation of communication now because we spent so much time <laughs> with all of that training. (laughs) So we still did all the work, but I now have the benefit of this like incredible normal dog, house dog, right? Who doesn't have to have a job, who doesn't have to. I can do so many wonderful things with him because of the training we did. So like he's incredible off leash. He's, you know, like I can take him hiking in like safe places and he is so attentive and wonderful. And I credit that to like the process we went through together. We're very connected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's your favorite thing to do with him? Probably the off-leash hikes. I love just getting to see him be a dog. I talk about like there was this moment that I had with him when things were like at their worst. This was at the very beginning of training process where I had mm-hmm. him on a long line and he I was watching him sniff ahead of me and enjoy it was this like beautiful fall day. We were hiking. He was not ready to be off leash at that point, but I had him on a long line and he started checking in with me like without being prompted, which is the first time he had ever done that. He was probably like a year old at the time. And it hit me like, wow, you know, he's like relating to me. He's making sure I'm still here. So whenever we get to like recreate that moment where he's trotting along and sniffing and then he pauses to see where I am, it just like, it means everything to me. Yeah, you're his person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It speaks a lot about the bond that you've been able to build with him definitely. Yeah. I'm really appreciative of like the journey that we have, even though it didn't turn out the way I envisioned that it would, you know, I almost appreciate it more, I think because of that. Yeah, definitely. Is animal assisted therapy something that you're still interested in that you would pursue with a different canine partner or? I would really like to, when I feel ready to go through that process again, I think that looking back, like the amount of time that I dedicated to that, I don't have that space in my life right now, but it is something that I really would like. It's, you know, I'm still interested in that work, you know? So I want to approach it really, really mindfully this time. I want to approach it, you know, when I have the resources, like emotionally to kind of go through that and, you know, and to be ready for that dog, maybe to not be the right fit either and have that be okay. But yeah, I, I would love to do that at some point when I'm ready to welcome another, another love into my life. Yeah. Do you think Dio would be okay with that? I think he would. He really does like to play. He's an only dog and he's always been an only dog, but he loves having play dates. So I think he would have a blast with another buddy around. (laughs) Right now, his best friend is the cat and they are like connected. It's hysterical, really. They're a little relationship. So I think he would love to have another dog in the house for sure. That's great. What mix? Uh, is he a mix? What breed is he? He's a lab and a pit mix, as far as I okay. can tell. He looks very labby, but he looks very pity, depending on like what angle you you look at him. So yeah, so generally probably pretty happy and playful and bouncy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just so great about him, and he's got this ear. I don't know if you've seen any pictures, but like he's got one ear up and one ear down all the time, which oh, is like oh, my heart. <laughs> I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share while you're here, Jess? 
Um, I just want to, you know, kind of throw out there that I think that the intersection, like we said, of kind of mental health and the dog world is really, really important. And Mm -hmm. that if you're struggling as an owner or a trainer, that there are resources out there to kind of support you. A lot of stuff gets triggered in your dog training journey, especially with a reactive dog. And I know that firsthand. So, you know, reach out for that support and don't feel like it's all your fault. I think is the other thing I would really want to share with folks, because I know that there's that narrative that can happen sometimes where it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, if I was just more confident or if I just, everything would work out and my dog would be okay. Well, you need to be supported in how to do that, you know, and how to work through that. And it's not all your fault if your dog is struggling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think in dog training, whether or not your dog is reactive, it's so important. Whether or not you're trying to be a therapy dog or not, it's so important to understand what self-care looks like for yourself as well as for your dog, because your dog needs Mm self-care too, and they might need your help to implement that. So yeah, a hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely. And you can do that together. And it's like, I feel like we're all so as we should be so motivated to, you know, make sure we're putting our dogs first. And yes, we're responsible for them. We need to take care of their wellness. But if you're not okay, they can't be okay. Right. Yeah, they feel that they take on all of our anxiety, our frustrations. I noticed Mm -hmm. with Sunny's training that if I was really like driven and not paying attention to what she needed, our training didn't go Mm -hmm. well. If I released my own expectations and anxieties, then Mm -hmm. our training moved forward. So yeah, they're very, very connected. Yeah. I think it's about being really honest with yourself too, kind of about where you are and where your dog is and being okay Mm -hmm. with where you are like in the moment versus always wanting it to be different or better or, you know, rush the process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Jess, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. I really appreciate getting to know you more. Like I said, I found you through Moon and Mutts and I was like, she's my people. We got to talk. Yes. Be great. I appreciate it so much. So. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to our ongoing conversations on this stuff. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if people have questions for you, they can find you at Handlers and Humans, right? Yep. Yep. All right. You got it. Perfect. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Tell Dio I said hi. I will. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this episode of therapy dog talk. If you did, please do me a favor and leave a review and rating on the podcast platform of your choice. If you have a guest that you think would be a great fit for therapy dog talk, send me an email at hello at therapy dog talk.com. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week.